everybody. Welcome to episode 167 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. Here's a big hug for you. Yeah, you felt that one, didn't you? Joining me this week is Miles Thompson. I felt that hug viscerally <laughs> through the oh, microphone. Yeah. Hello, it was a good sir. one, wasn't it? It was a good one. Oh, it was great. I loved it. How are you, mate? I'm all right, thank you. Although Crystal Palace have just scored, so I'm having an awful time. Football sucks. So I don't like it. Oh, that must be terrible for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough life only losing currently 1-0. How awful. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, well done last week, man, on hosting the pod. Great job. Thank you very much. Thank you. I did my best. I'm not quite up to yours or Cat's standard, but I did what I could. <laughs> Absolutely smashed it. Well done. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Joshua Thompson. Hello. Hello. Hey, mate. How's it going? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. You? Yeah, yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. How's life treated you this week? Yeah, it's not been too bad. Got a couple of reviews out there this weekend. Um, so yeah, doing good. Yeah, we've got another one to come as well tomorrow. Yeah. Smashing through these games. Gonna have, sure some, gonna have to give you something a bit more juice, I think, at some point. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Mr. Tom Woods. Hello. Hello, bud. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Cool. Good chat. I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been? It's been fine. I've been playing stuff for fun again. Oh, isn't that a nice feeling? It is a nice gap. Mm. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Can't wait to hear about it. And joining us once again, returning to the pod, it's Kat. Hi. Oh, here I'm she back. is. I'm right back. Let's go. Let's go, Pikachu. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, hey. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. Thanks. How are you? I'm very sorry if you can still hear the gravel in my voice. It it will get better, it will get worse. Who knows? We're here, we roll with it, we move. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Good, 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 good. Welcome back to uh work, I guess. Thank you very oh, much. I'm glad your glad your game funk is over. I know that you were struggling a couple of weeks back. Um nice to see Josh on the pod as a permanent member. Like that's pretty cool. Pretty cool that he's joined the team for reals, for reals. For yes, absolutely. And uh, Miles, well done for the pod last week. I didn't listen to it, but I'm sure you did great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the encouragement. It's unfounded because you haven't listened to how bad it is, but I appreciate it. <laughs> to be fair, I did get a message to say that you absolutely smashed it, Aww, and that was from somebody who listens to the pod every single week. Um, They've obviously they've missed me greatly on it. Obviously, they also said that, um, but uh, mm. but they did they actually messaged me to say to me, "Wow, Miles did really well this week." So I'd just like Sorry. to say, Miles, I also listened to it, <laughs> and you thought, <laughs> "Well, I was there, so I had to listen to it." <laughs> you had no choice in the matter. <laughs> you had to suffer me regardless. <laughs> no, it wasn't a bad choice, though. It wasn't a bad choice. I think my favourite bit, within the, the first 30 seconds of the podcast, you managed to say members and well-endowed. Yes, he oh, called us all well-endowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't even just us, you said everyone. everyone it's quite super well presumptuous of you. People you basically called real. everyone well-endowed members, which is... <laughs> I'm just really generous with people being endowed, you know? There's some really big finger guns here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm never going to live that one down now, am I? Well endowed members, <laughs> and you and you. I did the uh, the outro ninety nine percent well. 
I'm actually so upset that I screwed up the very last word of that outro. I was word. like, I got to literally that last sentence. I was like, I've done it. I've done it. I'm cruising. And then I said it. I was like, you're fucking joking me. I've, I've, no. oh, I've no, never forgive myself for that. Well, never fear. I am, <laughs> never fear. I am back and I will show you how it's done. Thank you. Thank you. Probably. I need the training. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, right then, let's get into game of the week. Um, Miles, from the top, what is your game of the week, sir? Uh, I've played quite a few games this week, and two of them are quite meaty games that I can't talk about yet because they're still under embargo. However, look forward to those coming soon. I'm very excited to talk about them. Uh, yeah, I sent you a message on Slack asking you how one of them was, and you still haven't replied. So, uh... Oh, I'm sorry. I will get around to that. I will get around to it. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Been, come on. I've been knee-deep in games. I'm sorry. I understand. <laughs> However, you'll be pleased, Roscoe, to know that I'm going to talk about... All right, I've got to get the name right of this. I always get it wrong. Saturnalia? Saturnalia? Hey, Saturnalia. Yeah. That one. Yes. So. This is actually a really cool game, and I think it's one that's completely slipped under the radar for me anyway. And now that I've played it, I think it should be on any survival horror fans or horror fan in general's kind of radar. It's really, really cool. So I don't know if a game has done this before, but it's kind of a mix of like a typical horror, amnesia, Silent Hill 2, but without the ability to fight back kind of style game. But it's got roguelike mechanics in it. So you control a team of four characters and they can all be killed by the thing that's kind of like stalking you or hunting you or whatever. I'm not going to go into any spoiler territory, but the fact that they can die is kind of like an open part of the game's design. And if you lose all four of the characters, what happens is you come back and you keep all of the key items and quest kind of progress that you've made up to that point. But the village that you have to traverse and explore and find everything in moves around so you'll like bear in mind this is a village this village is based on like a small italian i always forget the name of it uh, like a small italian town so it's like loads of really tight claustrophobic alleyways loads of places to get lost in dead ends all that kind of stuff for all of which gets you killed really quickly and you think you get used to it then your characters die and then it shifts the pattern around completely so that alleyway that you definitely knew which way it went before now doesn't go that way anymore and it completely throws off your kind of understanding of how to get around the world um it's quite a small compact world but it's really like dense with stuff to find and things to do and this thing to avoid um and it's got that perfect kind of blend of i kept wanting to just go out and do like another quest bit or get to another place or find a new item and at the same time i hated having to go out because i didn't want to be stalked by this goddamn thing because every time it gets close to you you just hear bells and increasing frequency and loudness and then suddenly your screen is shaking and everything's going blurred and you're trying to run and you don't know where you're running and then you end up stuck in a random part of the village and you don't know where you are anymore because there's no mini map and it's just really good it really captures that sense of being unnerved and the fact that when you die the village then changes means that you can never really get that settled um so i've played about three and a half hours of it so far um and i'm looking forward to playing a few more kind of rounds of it um but it's got a really cool story to it um i'm not going to say too much more because obviously the preview's up on the site and whatever um but i this has genuinely been a real surprise for me i've really enjoyed what i played of it and the art style is really cool um i can't even really describe it other than it looks like it's hand sketched or hand painted um and just check out some screenshots for a trailer so you can see what it looks like for yourself um but yeah if you're into horror games this should be on your radar this game is dope and it's gonna be really cool nice nice nice, nice. i did watch the trailer and oh thought, you managed the trailer that's good i'm proud of you i watched the trailer well we got the code in and um thank you very much by the way you've all been much appreciated and <laughs> um yeah i got the code i was like oh that looks like something someone else can play 
<laughs> yeah, that one was farmed off pretty quick from you on that one. Yeah, um, um, yeah it's not for me. But uh, yeah, I'm so glad that it uh, that it rocks. And uh, yeah, we should get it out there. People need to know about Saturday. Barnes has done a great big old preview of it, which you, you can read on the website right now. So go and check it out. Give it some uh, love. Absolutely. Uh, just to say, that sounds like oh, an the... absolute nightmare. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, it's all right. <laughs> it does. It, it it sounds awful. I would never ever it, play this game in a million years. Like the thing for survival horrors with me, like being able to kind of map out where I know I need to go and what to avoid, and having that removed is just gonna be. Yeah. I don't even like, want to think about it. <laughs> like, the comfort of a survival horror, knowing that you can, like, once you've played it once, you play it over again and you'll be okay. And then... That's out the window, mm. completely. And oh. even before my characters died, mm-hmm. I got about 60% of the way through the available clues and quests. And even at that point, that's about two, two and a bit hours in, I still was running into dead ends and alleyways thinking I was going the right way to different places. And I was like, shit. <laughs> so even, like just the way the village is designed itself like even if it didn't change after death it would still be difficult to complete a full run knowing the full layout and there's even like a section which is genuinely so dark and so intertwined with so many different tunnels and ways to go i hated going down there because i was like i'm gonna get bucket lost and i don't want to but you have to and i think that's why it's so good is because it it makes you want to play the game and at the same time you hate having to play it because you're so freaking scared of having to delve out into this world that you're going to get lost in um it's super effective sounds like one for scaredy cats yeah it'll be great streaming content gotta say yeah i can't wait to watch cat play saturnalia really excited (laughs) for that (laughs) uh josh my dear what is your game of the week uh so my game of the week is voyage um, oh, I'll yeah. have a review out tomorrow, but for now, it's a game by Venturous. It's their first game. Um, I, th- I think besides the um, besides the musical element, it is just a team of two um, and their siblings from Sweden. Uh, it's a two D puzzle platformer, and it's got an amazing hand painted art style. One of them does the art, the other does the game design. And whilst I'm not a massive fan of how it played because it was a little bit one note, I think for the size of the game and the easy platinum, it's like it is a phenomenal pickup for the price point as well. Um, I've, I've got not enough nice things to say about it, really. Uh, I mean, you'll see that in the review, but I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't compliment the people that work behind it enough about the game, uh, even if there was a couple of flaws for me in there. Uh, it's essentially two survivors have crash landed on a planet um, and it's all it's all visual-based uh, narrative, so there's no dialogue. And um, kind of just work your way out through the mystery of that is unravelling in front of you as you uh, explore this planet um, by the end of it, I still had a few questions, but I mean, the emotional uh, story that it tells by the end of it, it was just great. And I really enjoyed it and I hope other people can play it as well. I like the logo. Is that weird? I kind of like, I kinda like it's, the a, of the it's logo. an amazing title treatment, to yeah. say the least. Um, and from there onwards, like it's just got that quality visually. Mm. 
all the way throughout. I really think I can sometimes judge a game on his logo because if like more effort's gone into the logo. For sure, for sure. I think I think that attention to detail is is throughout it. I mean, apart from the game mechanics a little bit, mm. kind of making it suffer a little bit. Other than that, like the presentation alone is worth experiencing and worth checking out. And for the short run time, it doesn't take too much of your time away just to enjoy what it is what to enjoy what it is mm, yeah it looks it looks really fun it's on it's on switch isn't it too uh, i believe it's on all consoles at the moment Sweet. okay cool i will check it out for sure uh definitely um tom your game of the week sir um i've played a couple of things see the last two games i played i did for a review and they were both massive like 25 hour plus rpgs each so I went to something smaller and I've been playing Cult of the Lamb. Um, I beat it mm. over the weekend. It's of course not, you did. <laughs> it's, not, it's not particularly long. It's as long as you want it to be. It continues after it's got an end game. And they are going to be doing the, the On the title screen, they've got the like a roadmap button you can click right now. It just says, we've got free content updates planned, which is nice to see. And it's been selling really well um it's a really fun mix of like light roguelike elements so like a binding of isaac style room to room roguelike with a boss at the end and colony management stuff uh yeah it's just it's very cute um it's not particularly difficult until the the last boss of the game which asks a lot of you compared to everything else in the game. Um, I didn't really have any trouble with it until the last boss because it it's such a spike in difficulty. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, but it is quite buggy. The longer I played it, I think I put about 16 hours into it all in. The more I played of it, the more it seemed like it was just falling apart. I, on PS5, it had like some ropey performance here and there, which is weird given that it's a 2D game. Um, just a lot of little issues here and there. Um, and one of the trophies is just straight up bugged. So I'm two trophies away from the plat. I can't get it because my game has a semi common bug where a certain material just doesn't spawn so mm. yeah yeah <laughs> other other than like the little quibbles i've got with its with with the state of it which they've addressed there's they've openly put out a google doc with all of its bugs like known issues uh like hot fixes you can do yourself and stuff they're addressing um and they've said patches are on their way but obviously I'm pretty sure it was a relatively small team that put it together. So you can't test for the amount of people that have now played it. You can't buy play testing like that. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of bugs, but it's, it's just nice. It's not overly complex. Um, it does have difficulty options if you are finding it easy or too hard, which is nice. Um, and they seem to affect more than just numbers increasing like damage numbers or whatever it seems like it affects drop rates of things yeah it's just it's just nice it's not it's not like 
groundbreaking, but obviously not every game needs to be. It's just a good mix of two genres that I quite like. It's awesome. That's all you need it to be, really, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah, and given it was only 20 quid, um, and there's stuff cut, I'll go back to it whenever the roadmap updates. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very good, and I'm glad they've publicly addressed that they know there's stuff to fix, which is always nice. Yeah, it's very rare as well. You don't get that, you don't get that all the time. Yeah, so uh, yeah I, I do wish more devs would be sort of transparent about we know stuff's up. Thank you for telling us. Mm. We're working on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kat, what on earth could possibly be your game of the week? <laughs> I've had a lot of games in the last couple of weeks because, of course, I've been off and I've been sick. So, But I'm going to talk about one particular game, and that is possibly the biggest game I've gotten with Finger Guns so far. I finally got my big break. I'm really happy to say that my game of the week is Two Point Campus. <laughs> um, I fucking love it, but I nearly sassed them out on their Twitter earlier because they were like, how's your building going? And I'm like, fuck you. I can't get my fucking hygiene above 75%, even though there are hand sanitizers bloody everywhere. <sighs> Anywho, I love this game and I've always been a massive fan of Theme Hospital. I remember playing it as a kid, like Rollercoaster Tycoon, Theme Park, like all good stuff. Loved it on PC. There is a special place for the genre of management sim in my heart, I think. Um, well, I don't think I know. And um, obviously, if, if no one has played Two Point... Well, if you haven't played Two Point Campus or Two Point Hospital, it's essentially where you run your own establishment, whether that be a hospital or a university, and you build the university, you create the classrooms, you have to hire and fire staff, you have to keep the students happy, you have to make sure that the students do well. So, and interestingly, the only way that they do well is if they study or party which is very reminiscent of my university days I've got to say <laughs> I definitely did maybe who knows maybe I got my you know two one by partying so much because I do remember being drunk more than I studied so maybe that is the key in two-point campus knew that the whole time there's a couple of things I think are like console related in regards to the UI. However, there is also a couple of things where I think they've built the game or they've maybe perhaps tailored the game to players who are very aware of their formula or who have played Two Point Hospital. And I do think they need to go in and change that. They were really, really hot on Two Point Hospital to be like, don't forget you can do this, don't forget there's that, don't forget there's this, you can look at your stats here, you can do that here. And they've got none of that in Two Point Campus. And considering that Two Point Hospital was based on Theme Hospital, you can kind of, if you played Theme Hospital, you knew that, you kind of knew your way around a little bit. But because it's a whole different ball game of a university, you don't really know your way around. And it doesn't do a very good job of telling you either. I got to like campus number four until I realized that there was a tab for advice. Like my fucking campus, Hogwarts, fake Hogwarts was sinking into the ground. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck that campus. I was so excited to do Hogwarts. I actually had to leave that campus because I can't get past one star for the fucking life of me. And I'm literally on like year 12 and I just can't do it. I've spent more time at fake Hogwarts than Harry Potter has spent at Hogwarts. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> get past it. So I had to do a new one. Um, so there, there are a couple of, you know, it's always been quite a tricky game. I think people think it's really easy because it's cute. You're wrong. 
you're wrong. It becomes you are very wrong. yeah. It becomes very hard. Very. I wouldn't say as quick as two point hospital. I would say it gives you a proper like hug for a while, and then it just slaps you right in the face. I remember the level in two point hospital where you're up in the mountains. And yeah, you like a helipad for the first time. <laughs> I remember losing my fucking mind in that hospital. Like, this hospital is perfect. Why don't they let me move on? Why have I only got one star? Everything is fine. I know, and it's, <laughs> it's the kind of things I I can't decide if it's RNG or it's just my hospital skills. Sometimes, and I had actually like was so determined to get the platinum and got really really stuck on one hospital. And the thing is with me, I have management sim OCD in the sense of like I felt like I couldn't move on to a different hospital before freestarring this hospital which you know makes sense why would you move on however i think you kind of need to sometimes because you need to have the upgrades from the other hospitals maybe i don't know so anyway i did that with hogwarts because i was year 12 and i you know i was basically fucking lily and james potter at this point i was basically dumbledore at this point i had to leave to go to the cheese ball campus so like in two point campus every campus is themed around a different classroom or like sport or different kind of just different you know prospectus um and you can have wizardry you can have spy like spy school you can have like astronomy you can, you can have loads of shit but it's all like not your average joe shit really but man that difficulty curve shoves you right in the face but i love it and i really really enjoy it and i can't wait to see like what's next what they add because they did dlc for two point hospital which i never jumped into but this is making me want to jump back into hospital so mm. i still might go back i might go back and do the dlc um but i think it is possibly the most perfect like setup that they have i know they have inspired it heavily on the on the original og theme hospital but like i just think they've got they've got it right apart from you know, it's some bullshit RNG and, you know, all that does. But they've got it right. You know, you get the goals, you've got the things, you know, there's so much detail to it. And visually, it's really, it's really fucking good. It's really pretty. They've put so much detail into, like, you can watch the classes and they will duel. And if they need the toilet, they will duel needing the toilet. <laughs> like, it's fabulous what they do with it. You know, if they're sad, they'll, like, walk slower. It's just, like, shit like that. You know, you'll see them have their coffee on this. It's just great. It's just, I could follow one student around and I know what they did all day. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. So- it's so there's so many visual cues as to how, as to how to move forward, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. That's what's so cool about it. Yeah, I've watched science lessons for like ten minutes. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I watched I watched <laughs> the so um the wizard stuff for like and the, the 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 cooking stuff for like ten minutes. But there is some stuff where I'm like, fuck me, if I can't get my my hygiene, I've got one particular goal where and I'm gonna rant about this and I hope two point studios you're listening because if you don't tell me how to fix this, I'm gonna quit your game. I'm gonna rage quit. <laughs> um, where it tells me that I need to get an average student hygiene of about seventy five percent, and it just teases me. And the thing is, I look like a COVID factory now because I've got sanitizers everywhere. I've got more janitors coming out my ass. Janitors are bankrupting me because I have too <laughs> many janitors. And they're like, well, you don't have enough janitors. I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll hire four more. And then every time these bloody intruders come, they dirty everything up. So then my, I've had 74% and it teases me. And then it goes all the way down to 50 And then when loads of people leave, obviously it goes all the way back up again because all the smelly people have left. Oh, Ugh. 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 I'll get through it I love I'm it, I love the challenge It's so good You really do have to get it because I think it's so Spectacularly done um, 
Yeah, Chicken yeah. Campus. I, I'm. It's everything I expected and more. I'm so glad I'm not disappointed because I was really like, you know, I was hyped for the Stray Cat Game. I was hyped for Two Point. I've been hyped for Hogwarts. You know, Two Point has not disappointed at all. Awesome. And you can read my review on fingerguns.net. You can right now. It's two thousand seven hundred words. So dive right in because it's my um, longest review. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, Sega for the code. Yeah, Rock yeah. Sega. I love saying that. That's cool. That's cool. My, that's my it was thing. very cool writing Sega in the publisher's bit. Yeah, I was like, damn, I've just written for Sega, not for Sega, but you know what I mean. On You're behalf of Sega. for a full on Sega game, it's yeah, a... full on Sega, like full blown AIDS, full blown Sega. <laughs> wow. Anywho, what's your game of the week, Roscoe? <laughs> Uh, well, my game of the week. Um, I do want to talk about very briefly. Um, I've been playing Watch Dogs Two. Um, I've been I've gone back into my catalog, but I'm playing Watch Dogs Two on my PC. Uh, as you know, I've got a I've I've recently acquired a very shiny, sexy gaming laptop, and I've decided to download kind of like previous generation games onto it just to see how much better it would run when all the PC nerds were telling me that all the games run better on PC. And you know what? They're absolutely right. All of these games run better on PC. Watch Dogs 2, I've got it. Uncapped frames, Miles. Uncapped frames. I can't even imagine. How, ma- how, how uh-huh. many are you hitting? Do you know? Have you seen the counter? A maximum so far is 343. Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it, that is filth. And I've got a full field of view. V-Sync is on. I'm maximize, maximizing everything I possibly can, and it's just stunning. Again, it's always limited because I've only got a 1080p monitor with the laptop, <laughs> but it's just so gorgeous and it plays so smoothly. And it's so nice to jump back into San Francisco because I love Watch Dogs 2 with all of my heart. And to play through it again, but to play almost a remastered version as the version I played back on the PS4, you know, it's just, it's so, it's so awesome. And uh, I'm very proud of, very happy that, um, that I have access to that. Thank you, Game Pass. I love you. Um, but what I have been playing primarily for the last, what, three weeks now? I've had this bloody code. Uh, was for Arcade Paradise. I couldn't talk about it for the past two weeks. Uh, but it's a game where you run a laundrette, but secretly in the background, you run an arcade. And you have to keep your laundrette going in order to pay for arcade machines to expand your arcade and make your arcade more profitable than your laundrette. It's wild and random. It is a management sim very much in the vein of two point uh, where you just have to keep the profits coming in in order to get things better, repetitive over and over and over again. Your days are exactly the same over and over and over until you can afford new things to make things bigger, to make things better. Um, It's a long old slog to get there, but when you get there, Oh my goodness me, this game just reveals its secrets and it becomes so much fun. Once you open the arcade, all of your games are playable so you can spend your whole time, just sat in the arcade playing these games where you should be doing people's laundry. Um, when you start doing that, obviously your scores go down a little less, but um, it's just so much fun. And I can't stop playing it. It's my current game that I've just been playing more than anything else. And um, my review is up. It was up about a few, it was up a few days ago. Um, hit the embargo, thank God. And um, yeah, it's one of these, I very rarely, if that is a game I really look forward to, I very rarely play a game past embargo that I've reviewed because uh, there's always just something else to move on to but this one I am sticky with and I'm going to see it through to the bitter end um, I'm playing it for uh, let's see what 15-16 hours I think I've put into it now and I'm 38% of the way through so there's a long 
way to go and uh, i can't wait to see where it ends and um i'm very excited to uh to check out the prospect it's well worth a go if you have the patience to see it through if you're a gamer that's kind of all about the destination and you just got to power through the journey in order to get there but once you get there oh the dream my friends the dream is real and it's awesome uh so yeah that's arcade paradise which is available now on all systems i believe so go and check it out also there is a very cool cheat with the konami code i'm not going to spoil it for you but on the uh yeah on the opening menu put in the konami code and see what happens it's pretty damn awesome right then do you have a quiz yeah <laughs> oh, that was such a long delay um, sorry, yeah. sorry 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 i could so my computer i think where it hasn't been turned on for a really long time is having like chug 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 okay yeah, i see yeah yeah the chugs you know in yep. case of the yeah, chugs yeah anywho um <laughs> let's get the buzzer yeah let's get the buzzers oh shit only fans is open oops sorry <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ross just outed himself on the you, podcast. Fun story. There is a backstory to this. Um, in my, Research. my my school reunion WhatsApp group, I found out that one of our teachers now does OnlyFans. <gasps> what? No. Thankfully, creepy. Thankfully, it was one of the fit ones. But okay. <laughs> that's the important thing. Like fit that's 20 years ago when I was 16, like you know. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, we've I've had to subscribe very quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah, how's the quiz looking? <laughs> uh, the quiz is looking great. How is everybody's buzzers? I'm gonna have to remember. Oh, quite okay. Right. Does everybody have their buzzers ready? Yeah. Ross, I'm assuming that's yours. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to write this down. Right, Ross, you are Amy oh, Sonic okay. Orgasms. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, who was a no? Gotta go fast. No. Who was that? I believe no. that was Miles Thompson. <laughs> Miles. It is me, yes. Being a prank. Um. <laughs> Always. Fine. Uh, Josh, what is your buzzer? I'm not doing the same one as I was last time. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I can't do that. But I, I think I'm just going to go for a generic. Uh... Nice, nice. Oh, okay. Nice. Like it, like, like, like. And Tom, what is your buzzer, my dude? Oh, wait, wrong one. Space! Space? Space, okay. That's class, I love that. Okay, cool. So, as you know, I like a theme. I always try and not do a theme, and then I get, like, I get to, like, question four, and I'm bored of my own quiz. I'm like, boring. Um, So, then I then I delete it. <laughs> and I make a new quiz. So, uh, yeah, so that's that. So, um. I've done a quiz around, I want to test your knowledge on video game characters' surnames. Um, yeah, because why the fuck not? Um, I'm going to name the game and the first name, and you're going to give me a surname. The Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> the Dragon. <laughs> Bandicoot. <laughs> yes. Uh, like that, essentially. But uh, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Although I've just realised in this in this quick look at my thing in the last ten minutes, my la- I think where I've been like sat on my phone, <laughs> I've lost my last question. Are you fucking kidding me? One, two, three, four, five. Well, we only have nine questions because undo, undo, ass, undo, undo, undo. I don't know. I don't know if there is an undo on my phone. There isn't an undo on my notes. My fat iPhone. Right. Okay. I'm just gonna have to. Okay. Right. We're just gonna have to. I've got one. Don't worry. Right. I'm just gonna have to 
<laughs> so easy. Okay, it doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we ready? Yes. Okay, so question one. The game is Far Cry and the name is Jack. What's the surname? <laughs> no. <laughs> Miles. Ryder. No. <laughs> uh, uh, Ross. Skellington. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, is is this the first Far Cry? Uh, whatever Far Cry one is, I think it's two, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I've not played. I get them all mixed up. Okay. I, I don't think just... anyone even played the first Far, Far Cry. Yeah, I think this is. <laughs> they only started getting good at three. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, Far Cry Two is decent. It's underappreciated. Yeah. I've no idea that what the character's called though. I'm pretty sure you picked a generic one. It's Jack Sparrow. <laughs> it's not Jack Sparrow. Okay. Well, here's <laughs> anyone else before I. Uh-uh. No. no, no, I no gonna... Okay. Nice. Oh. Oh. Tom Walker. <laughs> oh, you do know what? You're not far off, but no. Uh, um, okay, so his runner. name was Jack Carver. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Oh, that's <laughs> the most generic <laughs> name ever. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, question two: The game is Bioshock. The character's name is Sander. Wait, what was the game name again? Bioshock. <gasps> oh no. Uh, Miles. Cohen. Yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question three. Um, the game is Half Life. The name is Gordon. Space. <laughs> oh my god, I think that was Ross. Ross, did you buzz in there? Freeman. Yes. Well done. Yeah. I blanked on his name anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I always get it confused with Morgan Freeman. I think that's why they've done it because it's Gordon Freeman. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. Uh, the game is. Nope. Question four. The game is Metroid. The character is Samus. Uh, uh, nice. Ross? Iran. Well done. Yeah. Um, uh, question five. The game is Crash Bandicoot. The person is Neo. Space! Tom. Cortex. Yeah. Are these too easy? Have I gone too easy now? I've gone I from was really hard say the one. to too easy. I mean, Sander Cohen was a bit more difficult, but the okay. Been, oh, yeah. okay, fine, fair enough. Um, okay, question number six. Uh, the game is Animal Crossing. The oh. character's name is Tom. Space. <laughs> Ross. Nook. Yeah, well done. the bastard. Uh, um, question seven. The game is Banjo Kazooie. Oh, here we the go. character is Mumbo. Oh no! Space. Tom. Jumbo. <laughs> yes. <For sake. laughs> just, just go, bro. <laughs> I just because I, so I, I, I pressed my buzzer sooner than I heard Tom's, so I was like, bruh, I was gonna get that one. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's whoever I hear first, um, or whoever lights up first. Um, okay. Question eight: The Dead by Daylight. Downloadable content DLC for Stranger Things. Nancy from Stranger Things. Is is it Walker? It is. Yeah. No, it's not. Did you miss Walker? No. No, it's not. I'm afraid it's not, Tom. Uh, uh, I buzzed ages ago. Wait. Okay. Hang on. (laughs) What is this then? Sega, Amy. Amy. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Ross? 
Oh, why are you doing this to me? I had the answer ages ago. So what is it? I've just said Ross. <sighs> what? You said you had the answer. Wheeler. There you go. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, cool. Right. Sorry, when you're oh. all like buzzing at once, it like cuts out. It like I think there's just too much sound for my headphones to thingy, so I have to like pick whatever's like little snippet I heard. So That's you right. might have said it and shouted it out, but I am. I not. think we might have to ditch the buzzers and just put our hands up, like <laughs> things like we're in school, <laughs> like you're in school, nice. Yeah, because I I think we all buzzed at the same time for Wheeler. Yeah, and it cuts it cuts everybody yeah. out. That'd be really helpful for yeah. Be really beneficial for an audio podcast, wouldn't it? If we all put our hands up. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know, Cat can call the name as as the uh, as the, as the hand goes up on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does everybody know how to put their hand up on Zoom? Oh god. Oh no, I meant like actually, like your real life hand. Oh up. okay. Not... Oh, your real life hand up. Okay. Yeah. Oh okay. Fair enough. Do you want to do that, or do you want to continue how you are? We'll There's only two more questions. Now. Yeah. Okay. So, question nine. The game is Mario. The character is Peach. What's her last name? Oh, that's, a, that's a good question. Tom. Is it Toadstool? It is Toadstool. Well done. Fair play. Yeah. Nice. Princess nice. Peach Toadstool. And because my ass sat on it, <laughs> and I can't remember whatever question 10 was, um, the game is Tomb Raider. The uh, uh, Amy. Uh, Miles. Croft. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> I was I was going to get prepared for you to eat your foot then, Mars. I was I, I, I was hoping it was be a curveball. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping that was like this obscure no. character, not from Tomb Raider, that isn't Lara Croft. I was actually going to guess it before she read out the question, but I thought I'd wait. You know what? If I'd have had a little bit more time, I would have maybe gone for like Jonah. <laughs> Jonah. Jonah. Um, okay, well, well done to Ross because you won yeah. that. Ross got four, Tom got three, Miles got two, and I think Josh was just lost in the buzzer system because I, I feel like he did buzz. R.I.P. Josh. I got two at least in my heart. In your head, yeah. yeah you got <laughs> yeah. two spiritual Josh points. Well done, all. So how do you raise your hand? In, um, in... So you go on to um, reactions and then you go on raise hand. Oh, oh I see. So you do that. And then, oh, whoever's, then you lower your hand, and then yeah, wow, that's me shocked to all your hands. And then whoever raises that hand first would actually be bigger on the screen, so it will actually do a oh, true yeah, yeah. reading of who went first. So you can all validate my validation. So we have to hover over raise hand while you're doing click, the question, essentially. Yeah, yeah. No, as right. opposed to hovering it's... over your buzzer. But... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, maybe we can. <laughs> we'll we try, try that, that next week. Pilot up next week. We'll do that yeah. next week. Anyway. Hope you enjoyed okay. the Cat's Celtic quiz. That was my favourite <laughs> quiz of the week. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Cats. Right then, let's talk news. And first up, we've got a couple of big delays this week that we want to get into. And let's talk about delays and release dates in general. So first up, Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed from its very, very lovely November release date to February 10th, 2023. For PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, with the Switch release on a launch date to be revealed soon, which gives me the feeling that the Switch release is not going to be on the same day. Um, it looks like it's going to do the whole, you know, the game's pretty much done, but we just want to make it shiny and make it work, etc., etc., etc. The other big delay was, of course, um, Fire Axe's Marvel Tactical RPG in Midnight Suns. Um, but this no longer has a launch of this October. I want to instead now 
arrive on Xbox Series X, S, PS5, PC at some point before the end of 2K's current fiscal year. Other versions are now TBA, so there's no release date at all now for Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is quite interesting. Um, and this always begs the question about, do we hear release dates too early? We sometimes moan that we don't get them at all. Um, you've probably heard Kat and I bemoaning the fact that we never had a Hogwarts release date for bloody ages and ages and ages, and they've dropped one like three days later after a reveal. It was the Horizon um, one as well. Horizon yeah. didn't, but I, yeah, okay. Um, and it's Cat uh, <laughs> got very quickly then, so yeah, sorry about that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it brings into question: Do we need to know release dates until they're absolutely dead on? Is this something for us? Is it something more for? distributors and retail that need to know these sorts of things instead of the actual people that are playing the buying the games. Um let's uh let's get into it. Uh Kat. What do you think? Hello. Hello. Um so I think this is a bit of a double edged like double edged sword really because I think we've had many conversations um about release dates and delay dates as well like delay commencements as such. And I think there's important like obviously I will always advocate for a game to delay because I think you should protect just like God of War you should protect your mental health over you know you should really try and reduce crunch you know protect your mental health protect your staff well-being you know make it a safe and happy workplace to work. I think in in kind of in kind of not contrary in kind of agreement with that i think this is where release dates can generate hate or or delay dates can generate a lot of hate um and i think that there is some value in not releasing release dates to the public unless people are absolutely certain that that is the release date or you know, do it for a month after whatever release date they're certain and then, you know, release it when they initially thought they were going to release it by. Maybe they have like a project, you know, Z, where that's actually like a shadow release date versus a real release date. I think in this climate with COVID, we've seen a lot of delays and I think people are mostly, you know, I want to speak for most gaming, you know, consumers. Most people are pretty patient, have been pretty patient with uh, delays and you know, when it's explained, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, we're disappointed by delays. Of course, we're disappointed that we're going. But I think everybody would rather, what's that saying where it's like, you'd rather a great game than a rush game, you know? And it's, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. However, I think there's a small community of people who will absolutely like and that's going to be the same for anything. But I think that it's becoming more and more prevalent as social media becomes more and more just uh the place to market essentially i think there is value in maybe in the next saying two and a half years maybe putting a freeze on release dates until and maybe just for the consumers maybe not for retail or not for um financial directors or anything like that like have like you know they're always going to have like a quarter of they're always like two years ahead of themselves anyway but maybe and so they're going to need to know years in advance regardless and shit happens and pandemics happen and shit like that but I think when it comes to us, just to protect, just to protect, I don't know, their own, their own staff and their own kind of, you know, we all grumble as well. I've got my own grumbles about Hogwarts. I certainly have some grumbles about Horizon, but I think there's a difference in consistently promoting something, consistently, consistently, consistently promoting something and then not putting a date at all versus maybe a promotional trailer and then saying, we we aim for this but it might not be till here like do you know what i mean like just maybe like a i don't know and then other people might argue that's pandering to the trolls and it's like well maybe but also i think that 
it's kind of like look at Hogwarts as an example Hogwarts was supposed to be released in June 2020 it's now not coming until 2023 sorry -hmm. actually my facts might be wrong that I think it was available for pre-order in June 2020 which states that it was I think it was supposed to be a 2020 release anywho um yeah, we might have to fact check that one. But, you know, we're nearly nearly kind of going on nearly two and a half years post initial release date. And I think that's when it gets a bit kind of like, guys, 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 we've had this before. We've seen it before with Cyberpunk. Let's not do this again. Um, I, th- I can see an argument for both sides. Of course, people want to hype, hype up the consumer. Yeah, this is coming at Christmas. Yeah, this is coming at this. But you are asking for like, not asking but you are I guess like inviting that small population of the internet who are making Twitter accounts just to generate hate and we don't need that we don't you know in a place where you are you know if you can be anything be kind but not everybody follows that stance it also just is quite annoying I think when you are really looking forward to a game I think a lot of people might put their mental health into games in terms of regards to that might be their only hobby and they might be really looking forward to it and then you know they might be buying it for somebody and it'd be like this is going to be this amazing birthday present for them ever because it comes out a week for their birthday lol just kidding it's a year later you know <laughs> um there's also that all you know consumer psychology bullshit um, which might make people less excited for the game overall, so actually might hurt their marketing campaign more than it helps them in a promotional aspect. I found myself getting more annoyed at Horizon than I did. It, like Seeing their consistent promotional trailers and consistent states of play with not even so much as a period of release date. Do you know what I mean? I think that would have looked very different if it would have said, we're aiming for, you know, this. And I know that Hogwarts do that like that. Hogwarts did that with holiday of 2022. But maybe like, I don't know, maybe just for two years, put a freeze on it. But if I can freeze on it and just say, do you know what? Times are tough. Times are unpredictable. We don't know what's what. COVID has really put a delay on us. We're going to just say, we'll aim for the next 24 months. And we'll, we'll have some information closer to the time. But know that it's being dealt with. Know that it's being done. And, and we'll come at you then. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I don't think there's probably any developer that wants to have this happen. You know, no. nobody wants delays. But no. you know, fortunately, we're a group of people that can go. Oh, games delayed. That's that yeah. sucks. We got to wait a little bit longer, but it's okay because it means a better game. And I think as well, like there will be developers out there who are making this game and putting all of their worth into it and fucking hate that they've had to delay it. And I think that not then having a release date can safeguard them from that as well. It safeguards their mental health. It safeguards their pressure to put the work in because they haven't quote unquote promised this product that loads of fans for excited, especially if it's a big game, especially if it's like a AAA community, you know, prequel, sequel, you know, whatever it might be like God of War, for example, or, you know, when Horizon 3 comes out, you know, people are going to be like, wow, Wow, there's a whole community behind this game. You know, they're really looking forward to doing it. You know, there's so many, there's thousands of opinions. If there's no release date, there's no pressure to then delay it. And I think that that can also safeguard developers. Because, like you said, I don't think anyone wants to be in a position. Oh, you can hear the illness. I don't think anyone wants <laughs> to be in a position where they, because that must feel awful to say hi, guys, because they know it's going to receive some support. And they also know it's going to receive some dickheads being like, that ain't good. Now she just get good. Never decoded yeah. in my whole entire life. All I do is play Tetris. Fuck off. But yeah, and it's got to be the last resort as well, isn't it? You would assume for developers. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, like, and they're probably already everything under. to not delay Absolutely. this. But... Yeah, and they will probably be under a, a great deal of stress 
pre-announcing that as well, trying to get it in, trying to do everything to to completely prevent that happening. Um, yeah. And even you know if the studio is trying to uh, like not do crunch, like they're trying to promote that this isn't a crunching team, that then people who have a release date in mind are going to think themselves personally, oh, I should probably put more exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. That's it. what I'm saying. It safeguards them from doing that. Yeah. Yeah, except for CD Projekt Red, who should still be developing Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> at this point. Um, Tom, where do you stand on this uh, particular discussion? Um, I used to care a lot more about delays, but that was when I wasn't really playing that much variety. I used to play a lot of like core releases, you know, AAA stuff. Um, in the last five or so years I've branched out done a lot more indie stuff and there's also like just a shit ton of games to play anyway so I understand disappointment when like it's something you're excited for is delayed um, and there is trepidation when a thing gets delayed multiple times um, I mentioned in the slack that I think free delays is my sort of signal of oh something's wrong like seriously wrong uh i've just looked up and this is hogwarts second delay um it was originally meant to be 2021 then delayed to 2022 now to 2023 um but i've i I wasn't that impressed with it's not a game i'm excited for anyway like I, I don't I don't think it looks all that interesting. It's pretty, but it looks like another open world game. I've, I've just lost favor with AAA open world stuff in general. Um, the Marvel XCOM thing interests me more because there was somewhat recently in the last couple of months, I think a round of um, previews about the game. And I'm yeah, gonna yeah. I'm gonna imagine the response from that is partly what's contributed to this delay. Um because getting it into people that aren't your QA team's hands and getting impressions from reviewers slash potential consumers is gonna get, you know, more eyes on what they need to sort out. Um it not having a release date now cements to me that they're like okay we're not going to say now when it's out we just want to get it right and then put it out that to me, i actually prefer when they give a window and a specific date on a delay because that cements to me that all oh, right they're not rushing it they they want to sort it out um but to echo sort of a lot of what cat was saying um delays shouldn't bother the general consumer to the extent that like online trolls get pissy about it's much more important for the developers i think to to know that they get more time with something because as as much as AAA development is um not content farming because they massive budgets huge teams um it's not like a singular vision, I guess, like a lot of indie game stuff is. The people that work on those games clearly give a shit. Like that's even if it's not a franchise or an IP they love, that's still like their work, right? Um 
And if it were me, I'd much rather like be able to write on my CV, oh yeah, I worked on this game in a good position doing this and it came out good rather than oh yeah, we rushed it out and it was shit and now it looks bad on my record forever. Like because I was a part of a huge disaster. Like I imagine like CD Projekt Red lost a lot of favor because they rode on the coattails of all we made Witcher free. So Cyberpunk's gonna be the shit. I really liked Cyberpunk, but I managed to play it on a PC that could run it at 60 FPS on I think high. Um but yeah the, the state that game released on console was fucking like genuinely awful. Uh, the fact that Sony straight up pulled it from release says so much about the state of it and the fact that it was rushed out. And there is now a genuine stain on CD Projekt's name. As much as I think that game is good, it has gotten better. I recently did a replay this year when the PS5 version launched and it is better than it was. But there's obviously now trepidation about well, they've said they were there were going to be expansions. They were going to do an online thing. They've cancelled all of that. The online thing, anyway. I think they cancelled, um, and they're just working on making the base game better. But that's killed a lot of the time and a lot of people's excitement for more from them. Uh, same went for Bethesda with Fallout seventy six, the state that that launched in. Put like a black mark against them. Like they were clearly happy to release it. And then as soon as people said, no, this is not good, they backpedaled. I think they said that it was an early access release after the fact, which they never advertised. Um, it's, it's better to delay something, not just for consumers to make sure they get a better product, but for the people working on it so they can actually be proud of the shit they work on. Um, AAA development, people don't get a lot of say on the ground level. All the, all the decisions come from higher up. So the best they can hope for is that the stuff they worked on is good and it's a good representation of the work they can do. Um, and I don't think people really talk about that aspect of it. I think everyone's very focused on, oh, but I was excited for the game to come out. And people will bitch and moan on Twitter. Oh, and there's just there's so much variety in games now that there's always something to play anyway um and i'd much rather buy a game and it be good than buy a game it be shit and then a year later they come out and say oh yeah no it's good now um play it please you know like it's now we live in an up an age where Games are updated all the time. So I think people are happy to release shit, essentially, and say we'll fix it later. Uh, and I hope that the way that that happened with Cyberpunk has actually had a ripple effect throughout the industry, because that was obviously, I think it's the most expensive ever get game ever made at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that on a list relatively recently. But it had such horrific press that I think we're going to see a lot more delays, not just because of COVID, which obviously is extenuating circumstances for delays, um, but just in general, because people don't want that, associ that association now. It's, it is a 
like say like a black mark against your studio release something good and people will buy it you know it's, it's kind of it's, it's as simple as that and they keep doing this mm. thing of our uh, people will buy it because of the brand and not because the actual game's good yeah that's an interesting point i mean i'm i'm super hyped for hogwarts purely because i'm a massive harry potter nerd mm-hmm. and going down to hogsmeade and exploring that with my mates is going to be super fun for me honestly like... i don't think it looks fantastic I, I think the combat needs a lot of work mm-hmm. and i hope that that's what they're focusing on um but it does look like a riot and i was really looking forward to playing it over christmas but you know all I, in good time the the harry potter game i always because i've got a lot of sentimental attachment to harry potter specifically the movies and i guess the books as my my nan who passed away last year she um i'd go see all them films with her and she'd right. take me to get the books the day they came out um, That's awesome. I, I always wanted the the Harry Potter school RPG, right? The the open world thing. Um, but that was when I was a lot younger. I say a lot younger. Um, even in the last sort of seven or eight years, I probably would have eaten this up. Um, but yeah, just what they showed didn't really like it looks kind of expected, I guess. And in a game that's all about magic. I think it 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 looks a little I don't know pedestrian. <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. It's really really impressive looking visually, and I have no fucking clue what wizardry they're doing to get it run natively on a Switch because I'm pretty sure they said it's not a cloud version. Um, That's true. Yeah, which is like I I don't know how they're going to do it. it like back in the well, day it, it speaks volume doesn't it that, that that's the one that hasn't got a date yet right but yeah back in the day the the handheld versions just got a completely different game yeah, right it like it all did. the adaptations like it would just be like a completely different game it maybe used like pre-rendered backgrounds or whatever to save memory and now they're managing to pull this wizardry off like no pun intended uh it, it's shocking. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, the fact that they announced it, I, I genuinely, I think, did like a double take when when they said, oh, "Yeah, it's coming to Switch as well." Later, mm. um, magic. Yeah, magic. <laughs> this is magic. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm wary of it. Muggle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm wary of it. <laughs> I've, I've I've got like a very very cautious eye on it, but controversies aside um with everything harry potter related it's 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 not massively on my radar it's something i'll probably pick up eventually if it turns out that oh it it's good like you know um i can only apologize that that had her (laughs) name on the review code since uh, yeah the day i met her oh i'm i'm (laughs) in no way want to be like the person to review that anyway um it's something that i will look at reviews for when it comes out it's something i'll watch to see what they do with it um but yeah i'm not the delay is nothing but a good thing for consumers for everyone really apart from i guess the studio because it's going to cost them more money but it's Mm. fucking harry potter it's going to make a bajillion dollars yeah it's going to gain already does it's going to be fine yeah i think it's going to be fine um Miles, um, Tom brought up an interesting point there about delays versus release it and then we'll update it later. 
Um, which one would you rather have if you're waiting on a game that badly? Would you want it out and then it gets patched later, or are you happy to wait years and years for it to be perfect on release? I would, because this is the world we live in now. <laughs> yeah, I would always personally wait for a delay. The problem I have with games is that if I jump into them and I play it for a bit and it's a broken buggy mess like Cyberpunk was, once I bounce off it, I very rarely go back to a game because there's just too many other games to play now. I'm very rarely incentivized to go back and play something I've already played to an extent. Um, so for me, I prefer a game to be good on release. Um, and I think very few actually manage to pull off the release it in a good state and consistently update it and it still be successful you know they're the anomaly rather than the rule but the industry's kind of made it sound like they're the rule but they're really not um i think some games get away with it but a lot of big budget AAA games tend to flop immediately then they become a meme and it's very hard to recover from that um i kind of thought when we saw that gameplay demo of hogwarts i didn't want to be the downer about it but the game looked really rough to me and it kind of killed any kind of excitement I had for it because it looked in a, a decent state, but it didn't look like it was going to be good on release. And I had in my mind that this wouldn't see the light of day this year. And so when this kind of delay was announced, I wasn't surprised. I think it is a good thing. Um, as much as consistent delays are annoying for people, I'm not particularly bothered about delays and release dates. I always just think when a game's ready, you release it and I'd much prefer that personally rather than shove the game out the door and hope that it somehow pieces together and people still like it despite the flaws. Um, but yeah, I think Hogwarts is such a big brand. You can tell that they're putting a lot of love and you know hope into this one of actually making a good game. Um, so I'm glad that they're getting the time to continue working on it and getting the, the polishing time to make it more stable because it didn't look particularly stable at all. Um, so fingers crossed that by when this thing actually comes out, it will be in a good playable state and you'll be able to have a really good time with it because it's not one for me. I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. I don't particularly, I'm not invested in the lore or anything like that. Uh, the gameplay doesn't particularly interest me. Um, but I think for the people who are fans who desperately want this, like yourself and Kat, you know, this is a game that they want to get right. And it's about time we had a good proper Harry Potter game. Um, so yeah, I guess in answer to your question, I prefer the delays. I think it's better to release a game finished than not. I'm amazed that you are not yet deep into Harry Potter lore just by being around Cat. <laughs> it's one of the things that, like, I've read the books, I've watched the movies, I know about it, but it never really grabbed me. Like, I know enough to get by, I can do the bare minimum, but it's just not my thing, you know? Doesn't doesn't fit my jam. Got a Harry Potter quiz next week. You sh- do you want a Harry Potter quiz next week? Yeah, no. fuck it. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, then. Okay, Harry Potter quiz incoming. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you see what happens, Miles? You see what happens? <laughs> I just shouldn't talk, should I? <laughs> uh, is that everyone? Josh, do you want to wrap this up? Have you got any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I think some of the things we've touched upon uh, is kind of uh, the developer's side of it, kind of them farting out a game and I think it's far from that for the most part I think there's like uh, a lot of battles probably behind closed doors between the people that pay them to do their job and the ones that are actually doing the job Um, like the execs and the heads and stuff like that the CEOs like they are appeasing to these people by giving uh, audiences and the shareholders like release dates without that like they're going to say you know like the um, shareholders are going to say like 
what's this looking like then? Why, why should we put more money into this then? How long is it going to be until my return for that? And then the developers are like, oh, okay, well, uh, we'll give it something that we think maybe we might make, maybe we won't. And then when they don't, it's, you know, it's a shame. Uh, and I think CD Projekt Red was like the last big example of that was that their shareholders were pressuring them to get it out as well as getting it out on the consoles specifically. And that was an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> so I don't know. I think, um, I think we've got to kind of look at these as examples post cyberpunk that they're opening, they're opening the sort of, uh, aspect that maybe we can wait more and that you'll benefit more from it because uh, I, I mean I keep using CD Projekt Red as an example but it is the biggest one they lost the most money I've known recently as and in terms of releasing a game maybe too early um, and I think that's that's now going to be a case for every single game that is delayed like do we want to be in that bad of state do we want to lose this much money the answer to both those are no, um, you know, and I'll close it out with the words of Miyamoto, you know, a delayed game is eventually good. A bad game is bad forever. Damn right. Uh, right then, let's get into the next piece of news, which is, uh, I love this story. Xbox accuses Sony of paying developers to block Game Pass titles. I'm reading this from comic book gaming, uh, Cade Under. If you're not American, man, I really hope you are. Cade Under. That's that's your name. Xbox has accused Sony of paying developers to prevent them from putting their games on Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass has been a game changer for the industry as it allows gamers access to a massive rotating library of amazing games, both big and small. You know what Game Pass is. It's a great service and one that has been loosely mimicked via PlayStation's recent tiered PlayStation Plus service. It's not identical, but it certainly appears to be taking cues from Game Pass. In a document sent to Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense, to justify Microsoft's acquisition of Activision, Xbox stated Sony actively tried to inhibit growth to Xbox Game Pass by making moves to block content from appearing on the service. Bloody hell, that was a sentence. Microsoft used this to counter Sony's claims that nothing can rival Call of Duty, and it has concerns about one platform taking ownership of it, noting that the franchise's influences console choices for consumers. The aforementioned document went on to note that Sony is a key part of the PlayStation strategy and called the company's concerns about Activision incoherent. The platform holder went on to describe how Sony has been trying to prevent developers from putting their games on Xbox Game Pass. Quote, Indeed, Microsoft's ability to continue expanding Game Pass has been obstructed by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth, reads the document. Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services. Now, Sony haven't said anything about this. Microsoft seemingly haven't said anything about this, but they're 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 on their high horse. They're on their high horse. Um, Josh, what do you think of this story? Uh, I don't. I think it's a bad look for possibly Microsoft a little bit more. Kind of accusing Sony of such a thing. I mean, the old age of exclusivity has always been a thing, um, and I think Sony aren't necessarily well within their rights to like be buying to be blocking developers for putting their games on game pass only because they do it themselves but they do it in a way where it benefits kind of the relationship between whoever the developer is and sony um whereas xbox it 
does feel like they're kind of collecting the infinity stones of studios and almost monopolizing the game industry in a triple a sense because you know the acquisitions and stuff like that it's just getting more and more like i think after uh activision blizzard well after it was bethesda first right that they quite acquired first and then activision yes. blizzard was just like after that we were just like wow like they're really hitting for the big ones um you know i think it's a uh, it, I think in that article with near the end, they made like an amendment that says that they have a relationship between Sony for three more Call of Duty games. And then after that, it's kind of like, where could it end up? Maybe an Xbox exclusive. And those three games are including the recent, the, the new release for Modern Warfare 2 this year. So essentially there is like two more after the ones that we know, we know, already know about. Um, so yeah, I think... It's just difficult. I think the way that Xbox phrase it, it's like they're throwing shade over them. But at the same time, they are also trying to bring as much into their ecosystem at the same in the same breath of that sentence. So whose whose deal is it really? Like who should you be kind of thinking is the bad one? I think it's a tough question. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how this plays out, especially with Call of Duty, um, because I don't think it will ever be a full exclusive. Um, I don't think Microsoft are dumb enough to you know notice how much money it, prof- it profits on PlayStation. But you know the argument is always, well, you can pay for it seventy quid over there, or you can play it for free on Game Pass over here, and that's always yeah. going to that that's going to be their angle. I think. Yeah, I think um, so too. I think so too because that that has what they're in for. They're in the business of money, yeah. and I think. Sony have kind of found themselves in a way of like exclu- having these exclusivity deals of their premium titles and stuff like that, but they are coming to PC. So it's not like they're, they're completely getting off, you know, their own games to just the Sony customers. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say really. I mean, if they can pull this off, this deal, when this Activision deal still isn't 100% complete. Mm. And so if they can pull this off before Modern Warfare 2 comes out, surely they're well within their rights to put Modern Warfare 2 on Game Pass, aren't they? Yeah, I would say so. I, I mean, why not? And yeah. that would be the biggest fuck you to Sony. Like, <laughs> you, really you, know, you know, oh, you want to block developers from being on Game Pass? Well, check out this one. And then yeah. biggest shooter of the year coming to a game for free, Game Pass for free. Um, it's just, it just sounds very catty though. Like, I don't know, Phil Spencer seems like a nice guy and, you know, he, he kind of wants everyone to play games, but I don't know, a move like that would kind of just be like, I don't know, a bit, a bit teenage, a bit high school. He's also, yeah, but he's also got the infinite budget of Microsoft in his pocket. That's, that's and true. He yeah. is not afraid to push it as far as he possibly wants to. Yeah, sure. So it's a, it's very interesting. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens with Model Thirty uh, this year. Um, Miles, do you think Sony is uh, blocking games have been on Game Pass? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this whole deal is a bit like what Sean mentioned on the last podcast, which is that none of these statements and things and news that's coming out is really meant for any of us. Basically, this is two corporations protecting their own interests. Sony don't want Microsoft to have Activision because they know Activision rake in a shit ton of money from the franchises that they have. 
And Activision wants Microsoft and is going to try and pretend that them getting Activision isn't a big deal because they want to get it and make all the money from it. Um, at the end of the day, it's two massive corporations. Well, one absolutely mega corporation and one big corporation that really can't actually compare in terms of finances, just trying to win one over. And, you know, Sony was always going to try and defend their stake and prevent Microsoft becoming even bigger in the space. But realistically, I think Sony have a fair point in the sense that Call of Duty really doesn't have a competitor. You know, it is effectively a monopolization of a genre in the sense that nothing will ever compare to what Call of Duty can do. And I do think that as much as we think exclusive sell consoles, they kind of don't. The majority of people are casual players, which means that they play the consoles that their friends play. And if Call of Duty is on only one console, that is where the majority of casual players are going to migrate to because all their mates will play it on there. So that's where they're going to go. Um, I think for people who own multiple systems, multiple consoles, it doesn't matter. But, you know, from Sony's perspective, this does present a real challenge to them that they don't have any answer to. So, of course, they're going to try and defend their stake. And I guess it's important to know it's not just Sony that have put in a report, you know, to go against this. You know, they openly go about the market asking pretty much anyone who's a big player for their opinion to get a scope of it. And I think the majority of companies would be against this because it represents a, a problem for everybody else. Um, I don't really think there's a bad guy or a good guy in this. I think Sony, if they are paying for games not to be on Game Pass, it's a shit thing. You're paying to keep content away from other people because they're not on your platform, which kind of sucks, despite the fact that that content should be available if it's been made for that platform. You know, we all complained when Rise of the Tomb Raider was paid for to be an Xbox exclusive for a year. So I, th I do think that's kind of a shitty move, but it's not an unexpected move. As a business move, it makes sense. You put content on your platform only, you're guaranteeing that people are more likely to migrate to your console to play that content. But as a consumer move, it's always a bit crappy because you're denying people access to games and content that they otherwise would have. So I, d I just don't think there is a good or bad person in it i just think it's two massive mega rich corporations just trying to either prevent or gain access to more money <laughs> um no <and> I, way <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i just it's just amusing when you see it. it's like they're both airing like their dirty laundry out for like millions of people to see it's like the equivalent of your neighbors having an argument with like that other neighbors and you're sat there just like with your popcorn just watching it all happen and you don't really have any vested interest in really who wins the argument you're just there to see it happen mm. um and it's only i think because of brazil's laws and stuff that we're even getting to see any of this because otherwise it's kept behind closed doors um but yeah, I just, I think regardless, the gaming industry has loads of underhanded, quite dirty money-based tactics that we just don't really hear about. And then suddenly you get to hear about it. So it makes big news. But the reality is every company will be doing this in some way, shape or form, the majority of the big ones. Um, and I think it's just par for the course with a with a capitalist society to be honest just companies want to screw each other over and they all want to monopolize you know if sony were in the position to buy activision they would um so yeah, it's true. just one of those things you know when sony were up and winning everything they were quite happy to block crossplay and all that kind of stuff and now microsoft are saying screw it we're just going to throw money at everything that we can and sony like no no don't do that that's not fair <laughs> we, we've only got exclusives um you know i am pr predominantly a playstation player but I'm pro-consumer in the sense that people should have access to games on whatever they choose to and paying money to deny people the opportunity to play a game, I think sucks. Um, so yeah, I'm a bit mixed on it. And, but to be honest, 
I don't think the Microsoft acquisition will go ahead. I think they will potentially see it as a monopoly. And I don't think, I think it's less likely than it was this time last year. Let's put it that way. Mm, interesting. Mm. Very interesting. We all know Phil Spencer's a cutthroat asshole. You know, oh yeah. We all we all see him as this lovable consumer friendly. You know, he's made Xbox a massive deal. Yeah, and he has done all these things, and he seems like a lovely guy. But he would not be in the position he is if he was not a cutthroat, horrific businessman at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. and he's a pragmatist. You know, Game Pass is a pragmatic move. They didn't have the exclusives to compete, so he said, "Screw it, we'll make the best consumer friendly option available." so that people will have to come to us. Like, it's a pragmatic move as well as a good one, and he's just a very good pragmatist. And, this is and they're probably burning money for it, to it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and they can, oh, yeah. because Microsoft is just ridiculous. Yeah, well, they can. That's, that's exactly it. They can afford to lose billions, one would assume. Mm. And it just it doesn't... It's just like, no, well, no, there's going to find back. Eventually, Game Pass will be profitable one day. Yeah. Um, The bigger it gets, you know. If they can, the same way that when Bethesda, when that deal closed, that very same day, Bethesda's entire library was on Game Pass mm-hmm. in a split second. If they can do that with this, it'll be huge. It is. It's game over. You know what I mean. And you know that's that's the crazy thing. Um, Kat, hey pal. Yes, hey pal. Um, so, are you going to be happy if Sony uh, blocks Crash Five or Spyro Four to be on Game Pass? Well, the thing is, like, I mean, yes, it is. I think I agree with Miles's take on the fact that I feel like this is just petty neighbours throwing shade over each other's fence. This is just like a fancy different definition for exclusivity, Game Pass, competitions, extra premium. Because really, all in all, what they're doing is blocking each other from having the consumer, you know, um, aim for the opposing party. So I don't understand why they're so fucking up in arms about it now. And I think they're trying to create a riot or some sort of like because it's essentially <laughs> what they're already doing. You know, that's why Game Pass is created. That's why they've got the tier system. Because ultimately what they want to do is they want to make their games more likely to be played on that console that is quote unquote different definition of a block it's not like an outright nah you know never getting this game but equally like it's a business a business a business you know it's it's a game it's an industry that's a business, business yeah a business a, you know you're gonna always have shit like that that's why people say like oh it's it's not show fun it's show business and that's the same thing here <laughs> like they're always trying to make games you know it's fucking, people say that all the time i hear it yeah all the time. <laughs> no but say it all the time but like it, it, that's what people you know that's what people in sage say they're like oh it's not show fun it's show business uh because there is a an element of flinging shit sometimes and I think that, like, that's just the game that it's always been. It's just that they're trying to use fancy words like block and eh. But, you know, I think that... Fancy, fancy, <laughs> fancy words, words like, like block. But I that think is they're the, trying to... That is the I mean, subtitle though? for this episode. Fancy words like... But do you know what <laughs> I mean, though? Like, I mean, like, what I, they're normally not fancy words, but I mean, like, more like stern words, like block. But, like, I mean the whole time this is what they've been doing like in not so many words or not so many definitions they're constantly trying to stop the other console from you know gaining the the consume the the biggest population of consumer so am i surprised no do i think sony are dirty yes do i think microsoft are dirty yes um are sony probably 
pissed about the Microsoft acquisition. Fuck yeah, they probably had lots of coffee that the day that was released. Lots mm. of fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, um, you know that. <laughs> We better buy Bungie for some reason, yeah. guys. Come on. That's what I mean. Like that's what acquisitions are. You know, you're you know, in not so many words, blocking the other console from, you know, having their games. Like, don't whine about it because you you did it. You've done it for years, babe. Like, I don't know why we're talking about it. Like, I just I don't know. I just think like, is this not what we're already doing? Like, is this not what the game? So I I agree with Miles in the sense that it does just feel like you can hear the neighbors arguing now. Like they were always arguing, but you moved closer to the street. And now you're like, oh, there they are, Mrs. Sony and Mr. Microsoft. Well, this is my favorite thing about Microsoft. We're like, there's no console war. Just play games wherever you want to play your games. Yeah. And we're all playing games together. That's a beautiful thing. But really, but we're going to take acquisition. Sony are blocking our games, man. Guys, we bought Activision and now they're like blocking our games. And that's just really unfair. And fuck off. Just... This is the thing, right? This is what I don't understand about this. Uh, sorry, Tom. I will get to you in a very second. I promise. Um, what games? What it can't mean? be. It can't be Ubisoft games that they're blocking because Ubisoft have their own subscription service. It can't be EA games because EA have their own subscription service. Are they? Yeah, that's what I, I don't mean understand by like, what the games they mean block. exactly. That's why I mean like they're using the word block, but actually it's not blocking. They're not actually stopping any game. It's probably just that they're pissed that there will only be like one side of the consumer you know gearing towards one console than the other it's like babe that's what an acquisition is suck it up buttercup you've been you know doing this business it's exactly what you signed up for 20 30 40 years ago when you made this playstation or when you made the xbox that's why i don't understand Mm. not so many definitions they've always been doing this it was always going to be like uh a one-upmanship and with the acquisition that was a huge one-upmanship and you know uh, what can you do then <laughs> like microsoft buys sony like you know there's only so many places that you can go before you have to start flinging shit and being petty yeah. but they've always been doing it i think like uh, miles was saying that you know we're just privy to it now but it's not really for us it's just that we moved on the street but the arguing is happening honestly like you once, said, once streaming becomes prominent and like game pass is like the number one thing on earth hmm. but the only the only place microsoft could go is uh uh, Sony, you're ours now. Yeah. <laughs> God of War Day One on Game Pass. Yeah, that's what I mean. Whilst the um, whole time, the whole time, Nintendo was there, like, "Hey guys, you want to play our new Mario oh, game? Do you want to play Mario?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Nintendo. I've been playing Animal Crossing a lot recently. I love it. I love Nintendo so much. Yeah, they're Nintendo just, rocks. They're just magical. Um, Tom, what is your take on this absolute madness? It it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> this no, is bus- not it's really. Business. This is business. Xbox are paying companies to be on Game Pass, right? No one's going to Game Pass for free. They're not giving away like sales of a game. Um, there is money in these deals, um, and if PlayStation are then essentially counter offering, hey, we'll give you more if you don't. That's, that's just what business is, isn't it? Like this is this is yeah, like like you've all said, this is stuff that's always happened, right? Um, but yeah, I think as we got into last week as well, um, this stuff isn't for us, but they make it for us because it enables console war stuff, right? The shit that they claim 
oh, like like you said, like games are for everyone. Play them where you play them. Just enjoy games. They still like to stoke the fires because it's it's how you trend on Twitter. It's how you get word out. It's how you get people talking about brands. But this shit doesn't matter. If something's gonna be on Game Pass, they're gonna have paid for it. If something was gonna be on Game Pass but then isn't, somewhere else has paid more. Yeah. Play games where you want them. By the way, here's our showcase where every game is day one on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're for everyone, but better here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Better here, because it's, yeah. it's free for like a ten pound a month, you know? Mm-hmm. What are you crying about? Yeah, it is it's a great service. Uh, uh, like as as someone that owns both systems, like I've not really got much stake in the race for the, the yeah, exactly. Niles said for the standard consumer, they're going to buy the console, their friends app, because that's what I did when I got a 360 because all my friends had 360s and that's where they were playing card. Cause that's when I was playing card. Um, that helped that it was cheaper than a PS3. Um, but yeah, like at this point, I'm lucky enough to have both. Um, a lot of people aren't, so they'll buy the one that's got the stuff they want on it. But these types of deals don't fucking matter. <laughs> like, they'll have always been happening. They'll continue to happen. All these CEOs put on, like, the fun face for the directs and the showcases. But they are, like you say, businessmen. They're making business decisions. They're in these positions of power because they know how to do the best thing for their company that is worth billions you know like these aren't indie companies they're shrewd businessmen with the face of we make things that are fun yeah but this is microsoft at the end of the day (laughs) yeah and and none of them are free from being garbage recently i saw a thing where nintendo had apparently uh fired people from talking about work conditions um and hey, don't you say that nintendo hey, heavenly angels they're right <laughs> like that that is the 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 face all these companies want to give off we're here for a fun time but really we are just there's lots of money under the table changing hands to get the best deal for our company that's what it is it's, it doesn't matter for the consumer as long as the end product is still good exclusives are always going to be a thing until yeah the last studio stand-in exists basically so i don't know why this is even an uh, even a story really <laughs> i i get it i get why because it is a, a court case you know accusations PSA, whatever. It's a hell of a headline, isn't it? I think oh, yeah, that is what it is. And it is the two main, like, fan in the flames consoles yeah. as well. So it generates buzz. We're talking about it, you know? <laughs> we sure are. And there wasn't much else to go on this week. But yeah, we sure are. Twitter's been talking about it, but it isn't really surprising. It, it is just like Miles said, we're only seeing it because of these laws that mean we can. But this shit's happening all the fucking time. <laughs> We just don't know it. Yeah. It's the same thing when we had, um, last time we had Ethan Lawrence on, we were like, we, we came to a conclusion that video games in general are just terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, God, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible industry that we shouldn't support. Yeah. But we, here we are anyway. <laughs> but fuck it. Yeah, well, fuck it. What else are we going to do? They're pretty and fun. Yeah. They are. How shiny they are. Yeah. 
I got about every industry, like the smaller parts, are nice and pleasant. Yeah. I got a gamer desk today in Animal Crossing. And so now my, my guy has a little big old gamer PC desk that he sits at and he plays games on. I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah. I don't need anything more than this in my life. This is brilliant. Escapism from your real world of playing video games anyway. Yeah. yeah. I was very happy with it. And I went outside and I bought some flowers. It was just a great time. It's a great time. Don't um, think about the awful stuff. No, no, don't don't think about it. It's fine. It's never there. It never happened. Uh, right then, let's move on. Let's move on to some video games. Let's talk about freaking video games. Um, THQ Nordic Showcase was this week, and there wasn't a huge amount of stuff, but what was there was pretty cool. Um, I'm not going to go through all of it, but were there any highlights that you saw from the showcase that you do want to uh, discuss? I will start with uh, Joshua Thompson. I think the biggest one is the revival of Alone in the Dark. Yes, very cool. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a hot take, but I I was quite young when I played it, but the last one that came out on like the 360 and PS3, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I don't remember it because it was so long ago. That game is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know like, like a few years later, like reading reviews, like, it did not get received well at all. And I, I don't know why, because I'd forgotten all the bad stuff that was probably in it. But God, it was, it started off, you know, it kicked off the survival horror genre. And to come back, I just hope, you know, they've learned their lessons and they've, you know, seen their peers and they can take from that and be a really good gang. Yes, one hopes so. Um, I'm not going to play it, but I'm sure it's going to be great for everyone that that would enjoy the horror madness of Alone in the Dark. Um, Miles, anything uh, from the DSG showcase that you're allowed to talk about? Yeah, there's one I'm not allowed to talk about on there, which look out for because it's really, really good. Um, you're not allowed. Can, I, can you say that? I don't know if you're even allowed to say that. Uh, well, you don't know which one. So, ah, uh, true. <laughs> One of them on there I'm, is very I'm sure good. people could work it out, but if they really yes. wanted to. But If you're intuitive enough, you can work it out. <laughs> um, there are two that I did want to give a shout out to. Though. One is Jagged Alliance 3. It's like an XCOM-y type game. Looks great. Um, and it's being made by the people who made Tropico, which I find a very strange shift from like a city management simulator to an XCOM style combat thing. Um, and the other one is Tempest Rising. Anyone who played Command and Conquer or Red Alert as a kid, this is literally like a reskin of those games, but updated with a modern engine and a whole new kind of aesthetic to it. Um, but it looks really, really cool. It gave me proper like nostalgic vibes. So looking forward to that one. Nice. Uh, Kat, anything from the TNC showcase that got you super hyped? Um, Not too much. I quite liked the look at Space for Cell. That looks kind of cool, funky. What, mm-hmm. what, yeah, look good. Um, Gothic looked pretty good, although I probably won't play it because I will share my pants. <laughs> um, and of course, SpongeBob. I did play the other SpongeBob, but I um, I guess it just looks like a much more visually graphic, <laughs> better version of um. It uh, does it like a uh, a remaster to the remaster of. Battle it does. It really does. But <laughs> I think it still looks. Cool. I love a platformer, so yeah, um, yeah. I'll probably dive into it. I'll probably be on um, extra at one point. I, I imagine. Um, so yeah, those are the ones for me. Uh, I probably wouldn't play Alone in the Dark because um, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> because because no. No. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Tom, anything from the showcase that you got excited about? Uh, Alone in the Dark's reboot looks pretty good and it's mm-hmm. being written by the guy who writes soma uh 
oh, while cool. I haven't played Soma, I know that that game's writing is supposedly very good. So it's that, one of my favorite stories in a video game ever. It's yeah. so good. Um, that is what I hear about it. Basically, anytime someone mentions it, I I still don't know how it ends. Uh, I have started it a long time ago. I'll go back to it. I do own it. Um, but yeah, that that being there is exciting. Uh, um, I've not been into wrestling for a very long time, uh, but I do like arcadey uh, wrestling slash sports games. Mm. Uh, I know AEW as a wrestling uh, promotion are reportedly very good, but that game looks rough. <laughs> it really does. The fact that we only saw about 10 seconds of footage. They'd shown like models before. And I said, okay, they're going for like a stylized thing, but there was a lot of like rough animation in that, uh, which is weird because it's coming from Ukes, who were the people that used to make the WWE games, um, like the good and the bad ones, though, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but they left doing the WWE ones because they wanted to make something better. So the game might actually be good. It's I don't think there's even a definite release date for it yet. I think there was just like a little peak. It's still early. There's hope for it to be fun. Uh, I think they've been very upfront and honest as well through the process of their development. Yeah. um, Saying how early the stages are. They're never giving it a release date until they're absolutely certain. And like you said, they really want to get it right this time. Mm. Um, And they've got that kind of full support of like AEW and stuff like that and the fans to just, you know, let them take their time and do, do as best that they can. I think it also helps that a lot of wrestlers themselves like fucking love video games and this sort of like nerd culture stuff. So I think them getting their face on it and having some sort of relationship during development is going to be nothing but a good thing. As long as the game's fun to play, I think a lot of these little like animation issues and stuff don't matter so much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll watch it cautiously. Like I said, I've not really watched wrestling for a very long time, but those games used to be a shit ton of fun. I imagine Sean is very excited about AEW. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, he knows more about AEW than I know at all about it. So, he's, uh, uh, yeah. 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 I do know he likes his wrestling um, from Twitter. Uh, also, a SpongeBob game looks really nice visually. It's very, very just pleasant to look at. It's not like technically amazing, but its art style is fucking excellent. I'm not a huge platformer guy. Um, I'd never played Battle for Bikini Bottom anyway, but I know that game is really beloved. It was like a huge cult thing, even back in the PS2 days. And yeah, I know that remastered as well. Yeah, I've it's I've heard really it's good. really good. I just don't I don't think I had PS Plus when it was a PS Plus game. I think it was a PS Plus game. Yeah. At some point. Um, but I missed it if it was. But I when when they initially announced this game, they showed a CG trailer. Um, that's the 3D art style that the SpongeBob movies have been in recently. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's not going to look that good, but it does look pretty close. Um, it's obviously not fully the same. I think it is coming to last gen consoles as well as most things still will for the next year or so. Um, but yeah, it just looks really, really nice and fun. And that's nothing but a good thing. 
especially for something as lighthearted and stupid as SpongeBob is. It was yeah, on exactly. PS Plus. I bought it, and then the right. next month it was on PS Plus. So that was only so. about four months. Ago, that keeps happening. Months. That happened to me yeah. recently with something, and it's <laughs> fucking so annoying every time. So annoying. <laughs> Typically, they're on sale as well beforehand. That's what like, got me. Is I bought it on sale fucking... as well for like ten, fifteen quid, I think, and then like yeah. There's a bunch of stuff coming to premium. Uh, the the games catalog that's in that summer sale, but it's going to be in the catalog soon. Um, just getting in sales because I think Tony Hawk's on sale as well, and it's there now. Um, but yeah, those were the main things. I'm I'm flicking through because I kind of forgot about a lot of it because I was sort of half watching. Uh, I used to like the Destroy All Humans games, but I didn't go and play the first remake because well, I touched it because I think it was on Game Pass. Um, maybe I've definitely played a bit of it, but I didn't really stick with it. I don't think it aged as well as I wanted it to, because I used to really love those games. Uh, Gothic is a series I know is like a big cult RPG from the early 2000s, like a PC RPG. Um, that could be good. I know there was a preview for it, I think, last year, maybe the year before. So people have had hands-on with it. It looks like it could be all right. I know Outcast 2 is probably like a low-key big deal because i know the original outcast was like a huge it was one of the first big early 3d um open world games in the early 2000s as well maybe late 90s and i know that got a remake about five or six years ago now i reckon which i own somewhere i've definitely been given it through like twitch prime or something Mm. um but yeah not not stuff there was there wasn't loads, you know. I expected it to actually be a little bit, little bit more jam packed because obviously THQ Nordic have picked up a lot of old IP. Um, yes. Obviously, when THQ folded, they picked up a lot of stuff, um, and and the name. So I expected a little bit more of a surprise here. Obviously, Alone in the Dark was a huge surprise. The one that came out, I think, in two thousand and eight was like really high concept but just wasn't quite right i remember being excited for it getting it and then being like it's a bit rough um they did atari had the license they made a pc game in like 2013 2012 that was just like trashed it was like clearly a cash grab so it seems like thq have picked it up and gone like no we're gonna pick this up people like the original in the dark was a huge deal one of the earliest survival horror games let's bring it back into the forefront and do something actually of worth with it so i hope it's good that's been that's now on my watch list um i hope it is good and yeah that's it wasn't a bad show by any means there was like a few things that weren't for me recreation looks neat like the developers of burnout being involved means that game is going to feel really good to play but yeah i was going to bring up that one because uh like you said it's got burnout developers mm-hmm. and need for speed developers and the game that they dropped before that was dangerous driving and, yeah uh, they did I the dangerous, play... they did dangerous yeah. golf as well i think with a bunch of these like dangerous golf was awesome yeah I didn't play it myself, but I heard that it really evoked the same feeling that the old Need for Speed games did. Um, I think it might have been a little bit content lacking, but if they can, if they've already pulled off the feel, now they're going for a, 
an open world, it makes me feel like maybe we can get like a burnout paradise situation. Yeah, people uh, love nice. Burnout Paradise. I didn't really get on with it. I always preferred Take Two. Oh, come Burn- on. Burnout Free was always yeah. my favourite. Oh, that hurts. Paradise is Burnout good. Paradise is amazing. Par- no, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not saying Paradise <laughs> is bad. I just didn't care for the open world structure. Uh, I liked the, I guess, race race structure of Takedown more, but they are still good games. And compared to the franchise called need for speed burnout always felt way fucking faster like i don't know how they pulled it off i don't really understand how they get across the sense of speed but burnout always felt like you were inches away from just wrecking at all times uh which is which was always like fun because it's like oh there's there's like you know risk reward here. uh and add in the like track mania style track building element people are gonna have fun with that creation for sure it's gonna it's gonna be a good game i i have no doubts it's gonna be fucking fun it's a great name as well oh i as great i name. i didn't catch the name until like like it was on like the little banners obviously before it did the splash at the end Mm. and in my head i was like recreation would be a good name for a racing game and then it fucking popped up that it was um (laughs) and i don't know maybe i noticed it subliminally or something so it popped in but yeah it looks like a lot of fun it's just probably not something i'll pick up but i imagine it, it screams to me a game that will launch on game pass potentially or like later down the line be a ps plus type I, game not if sony block it i will put money on this being a game pass game mm. hell money because it looks like a multiplayer thing what do you make like... of the show by the way um yeah i was impressed with it Get your um, impressions thanks man nobody ever asks um i yeah it was great spongebob looks awesome i will i'm gonna jump into that definitely uh, recreation looks like a lot of fun. I love the pedigree behind it, as we've discussed. Um, it's going to be it's going to be cracking. Um, I'm really enjoying the Forza Horizon Hot Wheels stuff at the moment. So this kind of looks like that uh, with a more kind of like crazy, cr- crazy kind of like open world aspect to it. So yeah, it's going to be great. And yeah, it was it was fine. Uh, Way of the Hunter is already out, isn't it? I believe. Uh, yeah, it just the came review out. is uh, our reviews up. Yeah, that, Greg's Greg's review went up relatively Outcast recently. Two looks like. A huge step up from the original. Um, I think the fact it's called a new beginning isn't a coincidence. I think they're trying to sort of reset the franchise with this one. Um, Gothic, I'm not going to play. Uh, Destroy Humans 2, I'm not going to play because I didn't like either of them. Sorry, Mars. Um, Alone in the Dark, I'm not going to play. So 50 50 on me. But yeah, overall, very happy. Very I'm happy. really disappointed in the lack of appreciation for Destroy Humans. <laughs> Literally the greatest series in existence. <laughs> I used, I used to love those mm. games on PS2. I never played the one that came to 360, Wrath of the Fuhrer, I think it was called. I don't think anyone played it. <laughs> yeah, it passed me by. But I remember the. I remember I used to love those first two. But I played some of the remastered one, and it's it. it I could feel its age gameplay wise. So I just didn't stick with it. I love it. There's nothing better than just getting out the zapomatic and just frying people alive. It's great. Right. So good. <laughs> um, all right, that was a THQ showcase. Talking of showcases, 
Um, Disney and Marvel have revealed a showcase coming on September 3rd, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, a Disney and Marvel showcase at D23, which is their kind of annual, here's all the shit that we've got for you over the next couple of years thing, um, which is always a good laugh if you're a Disney or Marvel fan. Um, there's going to be a ton of stuff there, but this is the first time they're doing a full-on games showcase. So, very quickly, one by one, one game that you want to see at this event from Disney and or Marvel. Uh, Joshua. Uh, the next Star Wars, the is it Jedi Survivor? Oh yeah, okay. Good job. Um, I feel like uh, that obviously had the teaser a couple of months ago, so I feel like hopefully we'll get maybe a gameplay trailer or a, a cinematic trailer or something like that. It seems reasonable to ask for that. Fair enough. Miles? I don't really have anything in particular. I would just want to see some cool games. I don't want to see a Star Wars related thing. Anything Star Wars is good. Well, there's plenty to choose from. There's loads of unannounced Star Wars games. Yeah, I want all of them. There's loads of, well, there's loads of announced Star Wars games, but we don't know what any of them are. Yeah, that's the thing. I just <laughs> I want something good. I want like a Battlefront type thing that's going to be good and not a crazy controversial debacle. Oh, don't we all? Don't we all? That'd be the uh, Tom. Uh, apropos of nothing, because it's absolutely not going to happen, but like a, a reboot of X Men Legends or Marvel oh. Alliance would be like a day one for me I, those games were fucking great that's an awesome I show didn't manage to pick them up when they came to ps4 even though they were there for a while like this they've since been pulled i'm pretty sure um but those games were great little like diablo-esque action mm. rpgs they were a lot of fun uh more realistically something from insomniac potentially even a little glimpse at what the wolverine game is gonna be um, would be great because I think yeah. that's like as good as Spider-Man 2 is going to be because Insomniac Spider-Man's the best Spider-Man thing maybe ever in general um, I'm much more interested in how they handle Wolverine because I don't think it's going to be like an open world thing like that is because Wolverine's abilities don't really lend to that um unless they give him his motorbike but mm. i i, I want to know what it is i think it might be like smaller segmented open areas rather than a big open world thing because spider-man the whole thing everyone's to be spider-man's thing swing around because that's fun right like since spider-man 2 web swinging has been nailed down yeah i'm interested to see how they do traversal for wolverine or if it's going to be maybe even just like a linear thing like the X-Men Origins Wolverine game was, which was apparently fucking great compared to the movie. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful we see at least even a glimpse of that because I think they, I don't even know if they gave it a release year. I think they just said it was early in development. They said Wolverine. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great show. Wolverine and Spider-Man's New York, please. Thank you very much. Uh, Kat. Yeah, uh, that was that was my one was to see more on Spider-Man 2, please, because it feels like a million years since I saw the end of Spider-Man 1, teasing what 2 could be about. And yeah, it'd be nice to see a little bit of Wolverine. I don't think we're going to get it, but Spider-Man 2, um, Disney related, but not Marvel related. I kind of liked what you retweeted the other day, Ross. I think it was you, your finger guns. But it was like <sighs> this open world Disney thing. That looks fucking Man. banging. But obviously it won't be on that showcase because it's probably, it's not Marvel. But... 
Well, it's Disney Marvel, so there's a chance we'll see some Disney stuff. Okay, as well. all right. Well, if that's really, you know, so either those two, that's me. If you want to open that window, we've got Kingdom Hearts, possibly uh, Midnight oh, Suns might get yeah. a release date. You know, there's all this shit, all this shit. You know, what I mean, I completely forgot about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah, that that's... is technically a Disney property. Oh, completely. Um, Dreamlight Valley is a thing you were thinking about. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that that's cool. yeah, that's coming out of early access or coming right. into early access soon, isn't it? I have emailed them so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I have said, hey, I am there day one, whatever you want, just give me a go. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not hopeful because it's free to play. And I think that's going to be filled with those like real time counters that you can pay real world money currency to speed up. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like, you know, a peek behind the curtain and stuff. But every now and then when there's early access, if you are good to get a code for early access, we normally get founders packs. Yeah, Which that makes means sense. We get like a little bit of juice just to get the ball rolling. And it lets yeah. you actually see more of the game quicker, yeah. I guess. So if I can get a founders pack of Animal Crossing, but Disney, I mean, I'm done. Done. That's all I need in life. That's all I ever need in life. Screw you, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, so yeah, Dreamlight Valley would be lovely. And I think that's even, actually even the, same. the name is very Animal Crossing. Oh, isn't it? just. It just it's it, it's going to be you know a massive Disney ripoff of Animal Crossing, but I'm all here for that. I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's released about the same time as well as the actual event, so they might do it, and it's available now, kind of thing. So that'd be fun. Uh, so yeah, a lot to look forward to um, for the showcase. But yeah, a little peek of Insomniac stuff would be very cool. All right, then let's get into our recommendations. This is where we find something that we want to share with you, our dear listener, whether it be a game, a TV show, a movie. A uh, figurine or a microphone? I don't know. I'm looking at things in my room. Uh, Miles, kick us off with your recommendation of the week. Uh, mine is Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Uh, it's an anthology series where they're like all of the episodes are like 10 to 15 minutes long, which is perfect because they're not too much of a commitment, but they're just long enough to be good. Um, each episode is like its own little self-contained story, and it's very like sci-fi. Or there's like a little hook for each one. Um, my friend actually introduced me and Cat to it. Um, by showing us an episode where these three soldiers go into a cave, come across this like HP Lovecraftian Cthulhu type monster, and then it, they all kind of uh, goes a bit crazy. I won't spoil it, but it's really, really cool. Um, and we've watched a few episodes since. And uh, yeah, it's just a really interesting series. I've watched the trailer for it like three times and never actually committed to watching it. And now I'm solidly hooked. I really enjoy every each of the episodes we've watched so far. Um, so yeah, give it a watch as, as well as everything else you're watching on streaming services because there's thousands, but this is worth one of the bits of time that you have to watch. Uh, I completely agree. Love Death and Robots is awesome. Uh, Kat, yeah, your recommendation for the week? Uh, my recommendation is if you have extra. So essentially anyone who knows me will know that I'm absolutely fucking terrified of bees and wasps. And um anybody who uh wants to get over a fear your best way to do it is to expose yourself to it that's just science it's kind of my bag it's kind of what I do as a job and so I have to kind of practice what I preach sometimes and so I played this fucking game now I cannot tell you for the first day or so how much Miles laughed in the front room because I was like oh I don't like it I don't like it I don't like it I was like so much recoiling screaming so much every buzz I was like (laughs) don't like it that's gross I don't like it big pictures of bees everywhere I platinumed it yesterday. 
It was great. It was such a fun game. Uh, you get to beat up wasps. Who doesn't want to do that? You get to collect pollen. <laughs> it's so chill. It's such a chill game. Um, and yeah, it definitely has helped me a little bit with my uh, bees and wasps phobia. I, I would say I'm significantly less scared of bees. Um, so yeah, and it's really fun. It's free if you have extra because it's on the catalogue and it's pretty easy platinum as well. All it really is is just playing the game and collecting a few things and doing a few side missions and and that's really it. But it was a very enjoyable, chill game to play when I was quite unwell, even if I struggled for the first three, three days, I would say, of being like, rah, 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 you know, but you know, I got used to it. What's it called? Bee Simulator. Ah, yes. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom, your recommendation for the week? Uh, a game that I picked up just before we got code for Sword and Fairy and Digimon back to back, but so I didn't get to play it. Uh, RimWorld Console Edition. <laughs> RimWorld. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really want to play this. It's fucking excellent, and I I can't really express why. It it's a colony simulator. But it's also they call it a storytelling engine. Uh, there's essentially free AIs you can pick from when you start a new game that will dictate how the game then plays out. It will analyze your current situation and then throw things at you differently based on who you pick. Um, so yesterday, I've I've been hooked on it. It's it's actively ruining my sleep schedule. Um, <laughs> Yesterday, I had a man propose to his girlfriend. She rejected him. He then had a minor mental break, started eating his feelings. Uh, then our colony got attacked by Manny in Yorkshire Terriers. Uh, my pet dog got eaten by a warg. I made no. a... Li- uh, yeah, it was, it was traumatizing. I was pissed. God, that's horrible. Uh, so I made a little shrine to him with a little sarcophagus to bury him in. Um, and... Uh, then the guy who got rejected ended up falling in love with someone else in the colony and they're now getting married. Uh, and it's just lots of like little tiny moments that throws like little randomly generated quests at you. It'll randomly generate an entire planet that you can explore as you wish. Um, the goal is to, you crash on a planet. You have to then build up technology to get off planet. That's the goal. But people, this has been on PC since I think 2013. Um, the way it, they've handled the port, because I know it's a very UI heavy game on PC, there's a lot of hotkeys. It plays really, really intuitively on a console. Um, the people that ported it also did Prison Architect, which is a game that looks very similar. Um, but the the way that it plays is after about two hours of play, I, I've had it down like i know exactly where i go it's relatively fast to get things done you can pause at any time like most of these games do um yeah it's just like it's really good in a way that's really hard to quantify because every single aspect of it is essentially random it's all based on what you do who your starting colony is uh but it's great and i'm glad i finally got the chance to dive into it after um after doing the, the bigger games for review. Sounds awesome. It's great. It really is. Uh I there, there's a DLC for it that is out on PC. There's a there's a second DLC on PC that isn't on console. So it's a little bit behind the PC version. 
but everything that's in there is just like a joy to play honestly um i expected it to be rougher than it is it's great um and yeah everything that they adapted into it is to make the game as good as possible they don't spend a lot of time with like flashy ui or anything it's all very utilitarian to just like this is where your shit is yeah enjoy the game don't worry about managing all these menus because there's a shit ton of menus but they're all just simple it's nice uh josh so my recommendation for this week uh it is the third film written and directed by jordan pill and it is uh, a mouthful of a title so let me just uh wait for a sec it's called nope um <laughs> yep <yeah>, nope um <laughs> um i really enjoyed it (laughs) i don't know if it's because i've had like quite a bit of time away from his uh first film that he came out with get out but i i really think it might be my favorite one that he's done i wouldn't go into it thinking it's a horror film it's definitely more of a sci-fi film there's a lot of suspense and like tension in the film itself so there is still them elements but man it is a spectacle uh Try and see it on the best screen you can because it visually is so good. So, like some of the night shots, how they captured it is amazing. Um, I won't say too much about the story because I think the less you know, the better. Uh, just go into it as blind as you can and uh, don't expect anything from it because you'll be wowed. Awesome. I can't wait to see it. I'm a huge fan of um, Jordan Bill. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So and what about you, Ross? For, uh, for nope. Yeah, it's a big yup for nope. Yep, nope. Love it. Um, my recommendation is a trailer, and it's a trailer for a game called Vikings on Trampolines. Um, did you watch the trailer that I dropped in Slack earlier? I did, yeah. Holy did. crap, on oh, a cracker, this game looks freaking awesome. It looks mad, it looks maddening. And <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, some, some people groan at kind of titles that have like random random elements stuck together like vikings on trampolines like what's the most random thing you can think of and it, you can be met with a bit of a groan but wow like re- they've really made vikings bounce on some trampolines they are making <laughs> these vikings bounce on these trampolines it's to the convinced. point doesn't it i was convinced you were going to say squirrel with a gun <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah i've yeah i saw the trade of that earlier but it doesn't be vikings or trampolines <laughs> no it doesn't wait be um there's a thing called Squirrel with a Gun. Oh, yeah. Yes. Gonna... You literally play as a squirrel. And you can hold people up with guns. And you don't double jump. You use a pistol as your extra jump while you jump. Yeah. I'd give <laughs> it that a Google. Nuts. Check it out. Yeah, it, it does look awesome. But uh, yeah, this this is like a a platformer kind of. The art style is sublime. It looks beautiful. This very gorgeous pixel art style. The same guys that made Owlboy. So it looks just stunning. Yeah, Owl Boys art is incredible. Yeah, um, and it looks like a right laugh. Um, so I'll put a link to the trailer in the description below if you want to have a look. It looks fan dabby dozy. I can't wait to play this game. Um, as everyone just give everyone time to check out the trailer first. Grow with the gun. I can hear Tom. I, I, I'm away, looking for it. <laughs> yeah. Why does it look so good? <laughs> like visually, it's that squirrel looks great. I don't know if it is, but is it uh, Unreal Engine 5? It looks like an Unreal Engine game to me. Can you imagine getting UE5 and going, I know what game we should make. (laughs) 
yeah oh, oh my god the little waddle he does with yep. a gun is lovely Ah, uh, yeah thanks thanks for that oh you're welcome it'll be it'll be game of the year and that's just something we all have to live with now do i need to wish list that actually <laughs> before i forget is it going to be one of these games that never comes out or like that fucking jesus game ign were promoting like three years ago that was clearly just like a fake trailer Oh, this yeah. this at least looks like a real game. It does. It is confirmed on UE5. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Amazing. It had uh, a very Unreal Engine look to it. I think the lighting gives it away. Right, then let's get into Out This Week. And Out This Week, we have Rollerdrome coming out uh, today. Yes, leave a listen to this on the day it goes up. Um, I've got a preview of Rollerdrome up on the website. It is a lot of fun. And the full game's down there what I played. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be great. I may or may not do a big review now it's out and I, I can actually play it with people. But, um, yeah, check out Rotodrome, available now on all the things. Uh, Way of the Hunter comes to PC and Xbox Series X uh, today as well. Uh, Pokemon Go Bug Out is got its last day on the 16th. So make sure that if you're playing that, uh, to keep an eye on it because it's going to end very, very soon. I'm sorry about that. Um, August the 18th sees season one of Rumbleverse begin. Rumbleverse landed, what, last week, August the 11th? Um, I played it for half an hour. Thought it was absolute dog shit. So I'm not going back to it. But if you played it and enjoyed it, hey, your first season begins on the 18th. Um, also on the 18th is We Are OFK. You may have seen a trailer for that in one of the events, I think, earlier this year. Might have been a state of play. I can't quite remember. But yeah, it looks totally rad. It looks something that our own Toby Anderson will absolutely love. So yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can get hold of that and we can do some coverage for that for you. Let's see what else is coming out. <laughs> Season twenty seven of Diablo three is coming out this week. Uh, that's on uh, PC, Xbox One. Um, if you're a Madden player over in the states or indeed in the UK, Madden NFL twenty three lands on August nineteenth on PS five, PC, Xbox, all the things. Um, the PS5 version of Cloudpunk is coming out on August the 19th. If you've never played Cloudpunk, go and play Cloudpunk. It is freaking rad. It is the best Cyberpunk game I've played for the past five years, and that is a guarantee. And um, I think that's that's it. Next week, we've got some uh, fairly big hitters coming around, including Saints Row, Destiny 2 Showcase from Bungie. That's going to be interesting. Midnight Fight Express comes out as well. Um, so yeah, look out for some stuff next week. But this week, we got some small middling and Madden. So you know, do with that what you will. But yes, I can recommend Cloudpunk big time because it's fucking fantastic. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to leave the outro to Jess. And thank you very much indeed for listening. Do not forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the right places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. And if you want to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below. Except for Mars, who of course is smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon for just $1 a month? You can keep this podcast live on its various streaming services and keep the website nice and shiny. Thank you very much, Jess. I knew you could do it justice. That was awesome. So it is goodbye from Josh Thompson. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. No relation. Uh, it's goodbye from Tom Woods. Goodbye. And it is goodbye from Lady Kaka. 
<laughs> Bye. Bye. That sounds like a poo a lot. I went to I went to do that the other week when you saw Lady Gaga, but you weren't on the podcast. Sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Okay, uh, he's fair. been waiting to do that a while. I've been saving it. I've been saving it. All right. Bye. Let's get away from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast.